Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And today we are talking about one of Rob's favorite topics, which is AI. We've got Max Sinclair with us from Ecomtent to talk about using generative AI to revolutionize your selling on Amazon. So let's go on ahead and bring him on board. Max, how are you? Hello. Hello. Good to be here. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm good. Thank you. Very excited to have you on. Thank you so much. So let's just jump straight into the content. AI is a super big topic right now, but what is generative AI? What's the distinction between like regular and... Sure. <laughs> so I think I think this is kind of top of mind for a lot of sellers, right? Because everyone's heard of AI. It's been around for, you know, since the 1950s. And suddenly now we're kind of seeing all this hype about it, and especially since kind of 2022. And there's kind of two things that's happened. And the, the major thing is a shift in, in the technology, which has just been developed, which is called generative AI. Um, and really, this is a second wave of AI, because the first AI was used for kind of data um, classifications and regressions. And I can say, like, when I was working at Amazon, we used to do this to kind of merge ASINs or, like, find um, the right attributes to, to, to put on ASINs and this kind of stuff. But what we have now is a new type of AI which can actually generate new content. And by content, we mean images, text, uh, code, video. And going, um, going one, level, one level deeper into what this actually is, uh, the new, um, there's been a new type of model built, which is called a GAN, a Generative Adversarial Network. And in here, you have two networks. You have the first one, which is a generator which is trained on input data and will generate lots and lots of new content. And you have a second one called a discriminator, which will look at the generator's content and the original content and basically say yes or no to see if it thinks it's, you know, to see if it thinks it's real or not. And then in the training, you're kind of having this generator create tons of content from white noise, the discriminator deciphering between the generator's content and the original. And, the, you know, they compete against each other and eventually the generator gets so good, it fools the discriminator. And then you have a, a model which can generate new content. So that's a new technology. It's come first started in 2014, first really hit the market in the back end of 2022. And that's kind of what is driving this kind of AI revolution as we're seeing now. Mm. Oh, interesting. So, Max, uh, could you give maybe a little bit of an example, uh, maybe with what you were kind of just describing, because I got a little bit of that, but people might get a little lost with that. So, and correct okay. me if I'm wrong on this, but it, like if, if you were trying to figure out either a title for your listing on Amazon or maybe keywords. So let's start with maybe title. Cause that might be best. You're, mm -hmm. it sounds like it's generating a new title, but it's also kind of like comparing it against the old one to maybe see which one's better or figure out whether uh, like, why don't you explain it? How about you explain it or give us a different example if that one's okay. not right. So I guess, um, and uh, like the classic example is images and, and like, what, like our core product is images. So I can do that. So 
for, for e-content, for example, what, what's happened to enable customers to kind of generate new images of their products in, in different lifestyle scenarios, we've trained a model. Well, we've we fine-tuned the model, but to keep it very simple, we've trained a model on um, thousands of images, actually the top-performing images uh, in e-commerce, which you purchased. And then uh, the model understands, you know, what a lifestyle image is. And then um, when you put in a new piece of information, the, the model will then generate something that looks, you know, like, you know, like his trained image, but a new image based on your prompt. Let's say you say like my bottle on a beach or create a beach with your specific item on that. And what's happened is that the generator has been trained on millions of beaches. It's then kind of bringing together the, you know, it's, it's information about what is a beach uh, based, uh, you know, taking into your prompt and also like if, it, you know, adding, adding the product, if it does that kind of thing and creating like a, a new, um, you know, a net new piece of content that didn't exist before. Yeah. So, so here's a question for you. Cause I've, I've used some tools similar to that and, yes. and I've noticed they're really good. Let's say with like a kitchen scene where it's on a table or, or a, a countertop of a kitchen or maybe at a beach, uh, things mm -hmm. I have seen that it gets a little not perfect. And maybe this has been solved is when somebody's holding something or it's kind of a yeah. part of their hand. How has, how have you seen that come along? Is it getting better? Uh, I think, yeah, I think there's, it's definitely a problem and it's an industry wide problem. So that like the state of generative AI is that we have like five or six base models. We have open AI, we have stable diffusion, we have mid journey, we have Dali, uh, we have anthropic AI. Um, there's been this new like French startup who's going to like make the base layer. So there's like five or six base models. And then basically everyone, everyone, including e-content is like an application layer above that, fine tuning these specific models. And there is no good base model right now that can really do the, the, um, the, the hands has always been a problem for whatever reason. And it's very interesting because um, AI thinks in a completely different way than humans do. And I can give a, a, a brief example of this. If humans, when they look at an object, they classify things by shape. If you see like an outline of a cat, um, basically everyone's going to recognize like a black silhouette of a cat, that's a cat. For AI, they actually recognize things by texture. So if you have like a silhouette of a cat, but it's, you know, blacked out, um, it's going to be a lot harder for that AI to recognize that particular object because it, it kind of identifies based on texture. So the like the that's one example of saying like we don't really understand how these models work we're still learning how these things work it's a black box and at the moment um yeah hands are hands and holding objects is difficult that being said there's so much um progress in like the scientific community like it's actually quite astounding how quickly this is all moving and i i'd be confident to say like in one or two weeks, months, and you know these things will be will be solved. That's, that's awesome. So, that's so weird that it recognizes based off texture because for me, texture is such a you know one of our five senses things, right? And you yeah. have to be able to feel it. Obviously, I, AI can't feel something, but I guess it yeah. can determine like depth of. I I don't know, but I'm still what I'm still sitting on over here is mm -hmm. what you said about AI has been around since the 50s, yes. and 
I had to be sure I heard you right. I, I just Googled it. And and yes, I didn't think you were wrong, but I was like, I think I misunderstood that. But <laughs> the, is that kind of like, how was it being used back then? Because the only thing that comes to mind of maybe a use case that old is if everybody remembers the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where they have the machine that was supposed to like give them the lottery numbers or something, and it just keeps spitting out nonsense. Like, what was it so, actually used for back then? I, I think we, we can now call it as deterministic AI. And it's basically, you know, you would use these models to do something like a data classification or regression. I think the key way to think about this is that the answer that you're looking for is in the existing data set that you've given the AI to start with. So for example, um, you would use that to find, look at thousands of cancer cells and say like these ones have cancer and these ones don't have cancer. Or on like in, like in an Amazon context, as I said, you could say like these, like this is the right color that belongs on this particular ASIN because like, you know, we've got, you know, we've trained the data on millions of ASINs. We know what colors they should have. And like, we can basically do a regression and say like it's 99.9% chance that this jumper comes in blue so we're going to like back for a blue color for, for, for this jumper um so you're really looking at kind of these um mathematical problems which are doing like data regressions analysis this kind of stuff and it's powered like everything right it powers like google maps it powers like what's the quickest way to get from a to b um you know you've got um all the road traffic data and then you're going this is the fastest way what we're, what we're doing now is we're generating new content. So you're training it on the existing content, and then you're saying, make something similar in properties to, to this, but change X, change you know change Y. And that's really the shift that's happened. Um, the shift happened based on these like neural network kind of you know deep learning, but really the big model is Gantt, the, the, which I was describing earlier. Mm. And so how... Is AI most commonly being used by Amazon sellers today? And and my second question to that would be, what's a use case that an Amazon seller could implement today that's going to make the biggest impact of their business? Wow. Okay. So that's a um, the, the the second question is a hard one, and um, like I I don't I think there's many. I'll start by kind of giving many examples, and maybe you know people can imagine what the biggest one is, um, but. I think as as Rob mentioned, right, like there's SEO keywords like and and I think what what I'm talking specifically now is about like these new generative AI use cases have just sprung up everywhere all at once. Um so there's plenty of websites out there that are kind of like looking at long tail keywords, um, crossing like I mean we're gonna start doing this as well, like looking at different languages and like how like different keywords and different long tail keywords can help you. Um, you know, uh rank high and, and, and drive sales um the big you know the the most um uh obvious example of this generative ai is these chatbots right like chat gpt is obviously kind of like the product that like brought this into into um you know the public's like imagination and i would i know that there's a bunch of companies like hootsuite and these kind of things and and others not to plug anyone in particular who are building like these chatbots like much improve the experience if you're going to a um an e-commerce site and kind of uh, typing in uh you know and you're, you're looking for stuff and you can have like this personal assistant um i think that another example would be you know we touched on it but like this chat gpt i've seen um lots of examples of people fine-tuning um 
like Amazon specific data on ChatGPT and then enabling ChatGPT to help you write like um, seller performance issues, which is something I used to write way back when, seven years ago when I was account manager at Amazon and I know how painful it can be um, and, and these kind of things. And then finally, the big one, which is obviously what we do as e-content is a content. So we do the lifestyle images, we do the, the, the copy, the Amazon listing copy, we do the infographics, like all of that stuff you know, you can generate now in, in a few seconds. Um, so there's a long laundry list. I don't know which one is particularly the best. I'm biased, but I, like, I think I think they're all pretty pretty amazing and like can really augment sellers to, you know, work with 10x efficiency than, than they did like two years ago. Yeah, and, and it probably depends too. I realized I was asking you a loaded question. Sorry about that. But like, it probably depends too on like where the deficiencies exist in the seller's current business, right? Like if they just have yeah. bad photography or if they have no customer service in place, or if their listing is yeah. like, meh, then it's it's probably a case by case basis. Um, you guys, we're going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, but when we come back, we're going to keep this AI train rolling. So we'll be back in just a second. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at Katita.com slash Sellernomics. All right, you guys, be sure to head over to Katita.com forward slash Sellernomics. Get that first 400 in reimbursements free. We are back with Max Sinclair talking about generative AI and its revolution in the e-commerce industry. I'm going to give the mic back to Rob because he's way more knowledgeable on this topic than I am. And I know he has a lot more questions, so go for it. Oh, yeah. I've got tons. No, and, I, and this is great because I get people asking all the time about scenarios like you were just mentioning, you know, people being able to take their image or their products put in the lifestyle images. So I got actually kind of a two-part question. And this will probably be a little bit of a long one. We can cut, kind of loop back around to the second question. So are you guys kind of isolating? I, I've heard where people are getting their products done in like a 3D image and then taking that 3D image and putting it in these lifestyle uh, situations. And since it's in a 3D sort of format, it, it, it there's ways to, and this is where it'll lead into the second question about prompting, there's ways to kind of say, don't touch this image, use it exactly the way it is with all the text on it, but put it into a lifestyle situation. Are you guys kind of doing that same thing? And then I'd like to kind of after that, uh, kind of continue on with you a little bit about, you know, telling what people, telling people what prompting is and leading into the prompting. So we're not doing, we are not uh, at the moment training a, like a 3D model. I, okay. we've, we, we are like keeping a close eye on this nvidia recently launched something which makes this a lot easier um and there's a bunch of like open source um kind of advancements on like creating a 3d model of an image interestingly when we started the content we were going down more this route which was we would train uh, a model on like 10 photographs of a product and then we would kind of create an individual ai model of each product and then we'd put that product into a um, you know, into a scene. So whilst it's not a 3D, like not a 3D model of the product, um, it did have like 10, like 10, 15 photographs. The problem with that was the um, hallucinations, um, like the, like, and this is, I, I think is a, like, this is a, this is not a um, bug of generative AI. This is a feature, like you're creating new content. And if you're not super, super restrained, it's going to start dreaming up. Like if we do a chair, like a fifth leg or, you know, maybe like slight change of, of something. And we found pretty early on in our journey that like, we need to keep the image like 
exact, otherwise it's not usable for the customer. Like it needs to be completely photorealistic. So we stopped doing that. Um, this was, as I said, this is in 2022. We stopped doing that model. We switched to a new model where we basically take one, just one image of the product. And then we kind of like create an AI scene around that product. Mm. So we create the natural shadow, we create the natural lighting, um, the reflections, whatever else, um, and kind of like create this um, AI scene um, of the product. You can put in humans and, and, and everything else, and you can move the product around in the scene. Um, and that's our, current, um, that's our current use case. I guess the challenge of that is that you're only ever going to get the angle that you originally upload. So the benefit is it takes two seconds. You upload a product, you generate an you type in a product, generate an image. The drawback is that you can't do like the kind of like 360 view of it. So like we're, we're always assessing um, like the, um, the latest and greatest that's happening out there. And like we kind of, uh, you know, like our key like picture investors, to be honest, is like, look, we have the like talent in-house. We can like assess what's going on and we can like bring in the latest tech uh, for like this specific use case of like creating like Amazon content. And we'll bring like when it's ready, we'll bring it in. Like when video is ready, we'll be doing video. Video right now is not not at a stage where it's ready. So like, you know, I don't know if there's any companies you've had on doing video, but like it won't work because like the base tech isn't there yet. But like as soon as that's, you know, as soon as we see a better way of doing it, we'll do it. But not right now. We don't do the 3D models. Yeah. No, that, it, yeah. What I was kind of hearing it, well, I, I love what you guys are doing because somebody could just take a lot of photographs of their product at different angles and stuff and have all these flat images and be able to say, okay, replace it with this one, replace it to this one. Mm -hmm. I like this scene, but put it with this angle or something like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, go ahead. We, so we, we like, we'd lit, we really debated this for ages and uh, some like, it felt kind of like intellectually less, um, pure in a way at some point but then we realized hey like the customer can literally upload a photo of a different angle and then they can generate it in a different angle and like yes like we haven't built this like really fancy ai model that like does it all but like you can still change the angle of your product pretty simply so once we saw like actually saw customers doing that we're like well forget the other model like we'll just focus on this one because it's, it's more scalable absolutely and then one thing i want to talk about uh is prompting Maybe try to go back and just kind of put in simple words what prompting is uh, and what people need to kind yeah. of know about it to be able to do some of the things we're talking about. So these new, um, one of the most exciting things about these new AI models is that they can interact in natural language. So that's English, French, Spanish, whatever language you speak. And this is really transformative in the way that we now like coding will become a thing of a past very quickly um you will you will see soon like you can always already see this in like amazon code whisper and these kind of places like you can type in natural language and create code and um these computers can basically like they're very good at these models are basically big prediction engines so they're like so you type in the 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 prompt and it's predicting like uh, the code so now now we can basically interact with computers using using natural language, and the 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 slight challenge is, um, as as we touched upon at the beginning, we don't actually know how these computers operate. Right, they don't think like a human. Um, one of the great things, another example of like how they don't think like a human, and I think this is one of the big mis misconceptions of AI, is like 
humans are fundamentally social creatures. We have like a biological, um, you know, imperative within us to kind of like to seek to dominate and and accrue power and all this kind of stuff. Like this is just a very natural human instinct. It's the same in chimpanzees, like and other social an animals. You have like people trying to like rise and become leaders of of their of their clans or whatever. This is totally not how AI machines operate or think. So like it's another great example of like we often project onto these things, oh, they're gonna like take over the world, this or that. Like that's crazy, right? It's absolutely crazy. These AI models are not like trying to achieve power. They are doing like specific tasks that they've been trained to do. But it's a big digression to say like we now have this this way of interacting with 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 models um through natural language text and like there's a lot of research going on into like how to best phrase that text to best get the right output and we have three prompt engineers in-house in um in e-content we basically do a ton of analysis on the customers um queries and what, what they create and we we mark them basically on one to ten on two things we mark them on one to ten on uh like how how well does the output image reflect the like what we you know the um the input prompt from the customer like do we think that's worked well and then secondly like how visually appealing do we think this is like is it a, is it a worthwhile output um and we uh, and we have a team who 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 kind of like you know goes through the prompts and we have like tens of thousands of these now um so we've kind of developed in house um um some best practices around prompt engineering, which like I'm happy to to walk through with um, with you guys um, if it's if it's of interest. Sure. Yeah. Let's hit, sure. let's hit yeah. at least the the top. I don't know how many best practices there are, but at least let's hit the top three. <laughs> well, I guess like what we're really focusing on is like the structure, so like the anatomy of a prompt, like how 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 should you prompt? And I will caveat I'll caveat this by saying um, this is specifically for generating images, and then I can give some like more generic ones afterwards so the 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 anatomy is actually very simple if you're trying to generate an image you should define the subject first like the ordering is actually important in prompting because the machine reads the like first word first the second word second and it weights it accordingly so you, like that's an important factor to to remember um so you should put the subject so if you're generating an image of like a cup you should say my cup and then you should say how you want it to interact with the scene so like on a table, on a beach, and then, uh, you know, and then you should put in the location. So maybe like, uh, as I said, like on a table, on a beach, on a table, in a restaurant. And then like at the end, you should put in a bunch of descriptors. So like camera lenses, um, like anything else, like French star room or stuff like this. So that's kind of the best way of we found like doing the prompting for images. Um, so that'd be number one i'd say on the on the general point of view um we found that um like well it's kind of an obvious point in a way but like accuracy is really important you want to be grammatically correct you don't want the ai to try and be guessing um what your you know what your grammar is and your spelling is and then trying to decipher that into uh something else so i mean like like we have like in, empirical you know data on this like if something's spelled wrong or it doesn't make sense like the, the output just doesn't look very good um and i think the last thing is to be like specific so it's important to and you see a lot of this online about like act as a 
Amazon marketeer, act as a copywriter, act as a lawyer when people talk to ChatGPT. Like it's important, it, and, and like it's a very good reason why people do this because it's important to be specific um, so that the AI can kind of narrow down like what basically what like data of its training data should be referring to. So in, in those examples, when people kind of assign a role to ChatGPT, they're, what they're in effect doing is saying like, this is like the corpus of data I want you to draw that answer from, and therefore it's going to be a of a better quality. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so just a quick example, Lisa, just to give another example. If, if Lisa went to these great AI type programs out there that generate images and said, you know, I want a red balloon on a beach and she, it'll probably give you a pretty good looking image. Whereas if I go, I want a red balloon on a beach with an island in the background and a red hazy sunset and, you know, people on the beach with, uh, tents or uh, umbrellas or whatever, right? It's going to generate something completely different because I gave it more description of what I'm mm -hmm. looking for. And I can go on from there. I'm just giving a quick example. Yeah. So I was at this, uh, I was, just a few weeks ago, I was literally at a little breakout session that was talking about AI and prompting. And one of the things that person that was kind of guiding us on some of this prompting basically said, garbage in, garbage out. And it doesn't necessarily mean, yeah. you know, if somebody just wants a red balloon on a beach, it's probably going to give you a cool image. But meaning the more detailed you go, the better the image is going to be that you get out of it. And that, and that was just something I want to share. The other thing I do want to share real quick, learnprompting.org. Take a look at learnprompting.org if you want to uh, find out more. Yeah. And I, I, I say a last thing, which is experimentation. Um, like even the top, you know, like AI researchers who built these models don't understand how they work. These things are not like, if you go and you expect to get the output after one go, like it's a fallacy. Like these things require experimentation. It probably takes like five, five, six times to try and experiment. And each time you should be like looking at the output, whether it's text or image, being like, oh, it's done this. So I'm going to change my prompt to do that. So it's like, I don't know, made it too long. I'm going to put in a, put in like, and narrow this down to 500 words or whatever, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then through experimentation, you're going to, you're going to get to, get to where you want to be a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I, I think our last question here today, Max, will be, what do you see for the future of e-com in regards to AI? How is AI going to shift the future of e-commerce? So this is a, again, this is quite a big question. I think my, my first view is that it's going to fundamentally change how search works. Um, we've already seen Bing, I think Bing reached 100 million users, Bing AI, within like uh, the first few weeks, like not quite on the levels of ChatGPT, but not not far away. Um, Amazon has already put out job offerings and closed them for, you know, under the title of like reimagining search. So you can bet that Amazon will release um, in, um, you know, by the end of the year, if I was a betting man, uh, you know, a kind of co-pilot search thing similar to Bing, if, if anyone's used it, where you're looking at, rather than going in the, the main search and getting a, lo a big load of category pages, you're getting really targeted. This is what I want, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to take your shopping history. It's going to take, um, obviously, your query. And it's going to give you four things instead and say, here are the top four based on your prompts and everything else I know about you. And I think. This is fundamentally going to change, um, you know, like say goodbye to PPC. 
um, in my view, like this is going to completely change how search works and how these business models operate. Like, you know, it's no secret to everyone. Every Amazon seller knows how kind of clustered, cluttered, like the page one has now got with, with, um, with uh, kind of sponsored ads and stuff. And I think search is going to be completely changed. And if Amazon don't do it, you're already seeing startups like I think they're called like Hey Ollie or something like this, who basically do like chat GPT, but for shopping. And I saw Bing launch something about shopping today. So search is going to change would be my my number one thing. I would um, I don't know. You guys are kind of in the um, in the, uh, you know, more of the operational side of the businesses. I don't think this is all um, content and search like. Uh, you know, I also spent uh, a couple of years working uh, as a program manager in the ops teams when I was at Amazon. Like, I, I think this is going to be coming in a big, big way in um, logistics and operations. Um, I think we're going to start to see like self-organizing warehouses uh, where like the AI is understanding, you know, how the different um, seasonality is working and like when you're doing warehousing FBA warehouse Amazon it's all about efficiency it's all about like cutting down water like pick times and all and all of this stuff and I, I I would see like warehouses are completely like on wheels moving around um based seriously based off this like um using this kind of generative AI technology to basically help to better forecast because now rather than just when we did forecasting previously you're kind of taking historical data and maybe factoring in for weather or something else now you can basically generate new data similar to the other uh, similar to missing data or you can take like a country um you know maybe you're in singapore like i launched singapore like you can take the us's data you can fine tune it for like singaporean stuff and you can basically create a bunch of data which is going to help you to better um forecast um so i think there's a big change coming in operations like my view of amazon's always been like Fundamentally, it's like the world's best um, logistics company and kind of the marketplace and everything else is, you know, like it's good, but it's, you know, what's really is 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 their, is their defensibility, is their logistics. Um, you know, they don't always get it right, as, as I'm sure you guys know in, uh, in, in, in you know, <laughs> get either. But, um, but yeah, so those, those would be two, um, I think, is how like it's going to change. Definitely a lot to think about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Max, we are going to hear one more quick message from our sponsor, and then we want to hear more from you about Ecom Tent and what you guys are working on over there. So we'll be back in just a second. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at katita.com slash sellernomics. You guys be sure to head over to getita.com forward slash sellernomics, get that free 400. Max, tell us about Ecom Tent. I know you said that you guys are working on imaging, but tell us more about kind of your business, how you guys got started. Definitely about the name. Uh, tell us more. Sure. So the name is, um, I think, like I've seen a lot of founders come from Amazon and they always have the worst names. It's because Amazon is shit at branding. So I swear. But the name is e-commerce content. So e-content, that, that's basically, that's that's how I came up with the name. Um, um, I thought it was quite clever and that's, that's what it's from. Um, in terms of the start, um, like my co-founder, my now co-founder showed me in September 22, um, when Stability um, Stable Diffusion kind of was first publicly released. And he basically showed me the impact of this and that was like there was generative ai but at that time it was all kind of 
in private testing, you know, you know, like it wasn't a public, it wasn't something that you could publicly build on, unlike now, as this huge open source community. And basically, as soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, this is going to change um, content on like not just Amazon, all marketplaces. And basically 99% of the content on all marketplaces is going to be generated by AI in a few years because, um, you know, like you could get it so much more precise to each individual person. You could like you could refresh it as much as you wanted. Like you could do something for Christmas, for New Year's, for this. Like you could you could hit all your keywords super easily. All the images could you know could have snow in them. Then they could have like the fireworks. Like you know then it could be the Valentine's Day. Like you could go crazy in terms of the personalization. And and like I kind of saw the potential then. I have to admit the we started basically a day. And and also what attracted me to it to be honest to quit my job was like. The fact that we were at like ground zero and that it didn't matter if someone else had like a hundred uh hundred person team like the start date was september 2022 it was impossible to do this stuff before and now it was suddenly possible and therefore i was i you know i had the hope that like if we did it and we executed well like we could be market leaders in in this space um and kind of rolling forward uh we now kind of can ai generate the entire uh amazon product listing that's the lifestyle images, that's the infographics and the text. Uh, we're like, you know, working on the specific Amazon use case. So we like fine tune our models to for optimize for Amazon conversion. Um, and that's kind of where we think we kind of are better than, than, than the competition. It's like, you know, we know this use case back to front. Uh, like I worked very closely with A9 teams for like two years. I know the discoverability on Amazon. Um, and uh, and yeah, like that's that's kind of what we've been doing, and um, it's been it's been it's been great fun. Awesome! Nice. And you guys are servicing Amazon sellers exclusively. Are you servicing Shopify sellers as well? We're we're focused on marketplaces, so we like we do have Shopify sellers who come and use us because like our image generation tool is the best if you want to keep your product in it. Um, but like so, like we do have other sellers, but really we're focused on marketplace listings. So like building up those, you know, like infographics, A plus content, all of that good stuff, like Amazon listing copy. Um, that being said, like, you know, we, you know, if you want to get generate good lifestyle images and nothing else, you can do that with us. That's kind of like was our first product where we started in, in uh, like November, December last year. Gotcha. And can you tell us just a, very quickly about the pricing model? Because this is something I'm personally curious in. Is it like you pay sure. monthly subscription, you can make X number it's of images, or it's by image? It's a monthly subscription. Um, it starts, we have three We have three um, uh, subscriptions. We have images only, images and infographics, and images, infographics, and text. That ranges from $95 a month to $165 a month. Um, they are staggered into how many SKUs that includes. Um, so the top one is 50 SKUs. I think the image one is 35 SKUs. But for those 35 SKUs, you can create an unlimited amount of content. So that's like unlimited number of queries, unlimited number of image downloads. Um, you know, uh, um, so yeah, that's kind of how we work. Awesome. And if folks want to learn more about Ecom 10 or get in touch with you with any questions, where can they do that? It's, it's on this beautiful banner banner below um www.ecomtent.ai uh ecmtent.ai or hello at ecomtent.ai fantastic awesome. all right max thank you so much for joining us today thank and you. for all this info uh, rob any 
final questions before we sign off? Final one, a quick bonus for everybody. So I get, I get to present uh, a lot of times about uh, driving external traffic to your Amazon listing. One of the things I do talk about is using Pinterest, using pins. And this is a great way to generate a bunch of pins quickly uh, with their images and with your image in it. Uh, being lifestyle type images. And so ecom tent is absolutely perfect. I'll be, I was recommending somebody else, but now that Max has been on the show, I'm going to change all my slides, make sure Max is on there. Content, <laughs> But it is true. You use it, it. It's still a very viable source to get external traffic to your Amazon listing with Pinterest and having pins up there. And, and I'm looking right now and, you know, yeah. for a very small amount of money, you can generate quite a few lifestyle images using ecom tent and put those right. up on Pinterest. I know who you're talking about, Rob. And not only are we cheaper than them, we also, they have been, I know them well, they've been fine-tuning for fashion. We have been fine-tuning for, right. for e-commerce, um, like Amazon conversions. So like that's the differences in like our tech and also we're cheaper, but I'm not going to- I already got a few people I'm <laughs> recommending to come your way. So, so you, actually quick question for you, Max, kind of a yeah. uh, personal question in the sense of when people come in, you know, we we're talking about prompting. They don't, please explain they don't need to know prompting i assume they just need to know how to give you the information for you guys to prompt it and so generate we um we have a prompt um guide we've written okay. that so as, as i mentioned like we have done a ton of research in this area um we have written a guide that is like three pages long it's not very dense it's got like imaging examples so it's not like it's not a dense document but basically it shows them the the anatomy of the prompt and then like some tips like camera good camera lenses good like descriptors for like different kind of inside outside this you know like that kind of stuff so we've written that guide for them uh we also have support so like we do help um as i said we have these engineers these guys basically um help customers to, to kind of get what they want um you know they they're, they're doing like you know I'd, I'd say tens tens or hundreds of images a day right so they kind of they're, they're good at what they do now so yeah, that's kind of how we how we do it. Excellent. Excellent. Like nice. I said, I got some people I'm sending your way for sure. Awesome. Thank well, you. Max, thank you so much for your time and for uh, answering all of our questions today. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. And thanks to everybody who tuned in. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a thumbs up, share your thoughts in the comments, subscribe to the show, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.